Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, September 25th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. That is Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I'm Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. So how does it feel to um, not have the crappiest team in New York these days? Well, we actually haven't for a long time. Like, it's been funny. It was funny. The Giants and the Jets for a five-year period were tied for the worst record in the NFL, right. which was like we were just – and then la- last year we had the winning season, so that put us over the top. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I know we're not, I know Jets and Patriots isn't on the docket, but everyone saw that from a mile away that Bill Belichick was just going to just play with his food with Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was tough. It was tough, and to hear Robert Sala saying that Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win and – know that he's lying through his teeth most likely. That is tough stuff. But there were five other stories that we thought we were a little bigger. So let's get it going with Miami, which I think just scored another touchdown in the last 90 seconds or so. They dropped 70 in their win over the Denver Broncos. Did you learn more about how far the Dolphins can go this season or how far the winless Broncos still have to go? Man, I think it's Miami. I have like I could I could do twenty minutes just on what the Dolphins do. It's nuts. It's nuts. Nuts, Rose. Um, when like teams have been, they didn't even have Jalen Waddle out there, right? right. <laughs> like they they took a great wide receiver and Jalen Waddle was not on the field. Um, and then Devin A. Chain, the rookie running back out of Texas A and M, had the fastest forty time for backs, five foot eight. Man, eighteen carries for two hundred three yards. What they were able, what they're able to do, like Kyle, we talked about Kyle Shanahan on Friday and what he does coaching wise. McDaniel's McDaniel has that like on another level with what they do, with all the motion they throw at teams and all the different stuff. I mean, the misdirection was insane. Like it had Broncos linebackers just totally clueless, and they've got Braxton Barrios as a lead blocker, and then they got their fullback as a lead blocker and their tight end. Like they throw so much misdirection, and it was just a track meet. And I, like I and and they have the talent to do it right. Like I saw NFL Next Gen, the fastest six ball carriers in the NFL this year. They're Robinson. all Miami Dolphins. Tyreek yep. Hill is one, three, and five. H. A. Two and six, and most are four. That's not including Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I don't know what you do with these guys. I mean, it feels like they're literally just going to run through the competition. Uh, it feels like anything short of Tua getting hurt, nothing's going to derail them. I don't know. I mean, it does. does they it have like, answers for everything. That's the thing, man. And, and now, no, are they going to score seventy points a game? No, but I, wouldn't you be shocked if they get held under thirty-five every game? It feels like the new edition of the greatest show on turf. And I don't know how well you remember them when they blossomed at, at, yeah. at the beginning of this century. It feels it feels exactly like them. It feels exactly like them. You know, that was when I was a kid. That's when I first started getting into football, and you had Holden, Isaac Bruce, and then Falk. Um, it feels exactly like them, right? Where it's like the quarterback who, even though two was drafted high, a lot of people were down on him, but is just putting up insane numbers. Um, and 
this game, the Broncos are like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take away the deep ball. We're not gonna let you beat us deep because Tua has had like the highest average depth of target. Well, this week he had the fifth lowest average depth of target and was just contr- like playing next level football to where he's like, I want to throw here. I'm moving this defender with my eyes. I am making. I am. I know that my guy is going to be open, so I'm going to move this defender with my eyes to make sure he wins his one on one, and there's no double team. And again, in the running game, there's so much they're throwing at them, and they. I mean, they ran for 300 yards, right? Um, you know, five rushing touchdowns. Their backs had a, a couple, three receiving touchdowns. So there's so much they can throw at them, and they find. And McDaniel in year two has more of the personnel he wants. Like Mike Gusecki, everyone's like, oh well. Your scheme should feature my Gasecki. No, we need our tight ends to block, and it's making all the difference in the run game. You have A-Chain, who is this good speed back. There's just so much. Like Braxton Barrios, they're getting the most out of him. And there's so much you could talk about this team. And they're just five touchdowns with three plays or less, Rose. I mean, they are they are doing whatever they want. Like, if they just have answers for everything that a defense can throw at them. Uh, just some housekeeping duties in this game. Dolphins, they're 70 points, most points in a single game since 1966. 726 yards, the most in a game since 1951. And, oh, by the way, do you think their defensive coordinator and former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio appreciated the offensive production or not? Yeah, who was wrongly fired by Denver. Like, I think that was a little personal <laughs> for, for Vic Fangio in that game. Um, You know, and McDaniel also was the old Broncos ball boy. yes. Uh, um, yeah, it's again, they just, they have answers for every little thing. And you add, like you said, you act, you add Vic Fangio, who's like the most respected defensive coordinator in the game to there. And it's like, you don't even, you have, we haven't even talked about that side of the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked, we said the Patriots, how good they are defensively. Like they're really good defensively and it sucks. Their offense is so bad or else they'd be a really good team. I mean, the Dolphins put up like 24 points on them. You know, like, and that's that's their lowest scoring output with 24 points on what maybe, you know, a top five defense in football. Well, uh, while you say that there's, you know, a ton of answers about the Miami Dolphins, there's also a ton of questions very quickly about the Denver Broncos. I mean, this is not what Sean Payton envisioned, certainly not defensively. In the last two weeks, they've blown an 18-point lead against Washington, which couldn't sniff it at all Sunday against Buffalo. Um offensively they just didn't do enough against the Raiders on opening day and I think that Sean Payton's sitting here going Jesus Christ I if I waited another year I might be able to get the Chargers job and instead I had to take this one and I'm not gonna I mean listen Russell Wilson has been fine he looks significantly better than he did a year ago so we all thought Sean Payton would come in and fix Russell Wilson it certainly looks to be trending in that direction but man oh man what I saw defensively in the highlights yesterday that was abysmal. Like, guys just, they quit at the end of this game. Well, even Patrick Sertain, who's their best player on this defense, and it's like one of the better corners. I mean, he was getting worked. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they put Mike White in the game. They throw the ball to Robbie Anderson for a deep touchdown over him. Robbie um, chosen to you, pal. Yeah, what is it? Because I thought it was chosen Anderson, and then I looked at the, I was looking at the numbers uh, yesterday, and then now it's, it's Robbie chosen. So he's changed his name three times. Well, I think what you have to do is you have to check back on a given week. So sometimes, like, Robbie Anderson might be inactive. Sometimes Robbie Chosen might be active. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. Yeah. But now, I wish him luck with that. that. That Broncos defense also is just, one, it's not talented, and everyone is out. Like, yeah, they have six safeties on the roster. 
two are on IR, four out with Justin Simmons, who's a good player, and JL Skinner, my brother. Um, uh, and it's just, like you got Patrick Sertain, named the second best player on that defense. Like Josie Jewell, Randy Gregory's not really living up to it. Zach Allen's oh. a good player, but I don't know what he's been doing over there. They just don't have a ton of talent either. So, like, if you're you can't give up 70 points, but if Again, I really think this is more about the Dolphins than it is like just a Broncos total collapse. But I will say this last point about the Broncos. You know what would help get more talent? Draft picks. Wonder where those have all gone in the last couple of years. Very true. Very true. They don't have (laughs) that. They, uh, I forgot that they gave up a first and a second. You, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know for Sean Payton. It's like Sean Payton's a good coach. I'd be cool to hire him, but giving up a first and second is. It's a yeah, lot but for if you could be guaranteed to get your franchise quarterback and your franchise coach, the two most important pieces of the puzzle, you would be willing to give up multiple first rounders and multiple second rounders. But we that's a discussion for another day. Uh, let's move on to Cleveland, where the Browns take care of the Titans in a game that was not close, 27 to three. Most importantly for the Browns, Deshaun Watson had his best game in that uniform in his nine starts. Does it feel like Watson? who faced a lot of heat after Monday night's loss at Pittsburgh, has turned the corner, or does he have a lot to prove to you? So you were there, Kevin. I want to turn it back on you a little bit. Yes. Because the Amari Cooper connection was good. Now, Very I do good. find it funny that the Browns are using Elijah Moore like he's Percy Harvin, um, just moving around like he's the greatest weapon they've, like, gadget player of all time. It's like he's just a solid slot receiver. Um even then, he just seems a, still seems late on stuff and still like sitting in the pocket. You had that ball that he threw backwards to try to get the ball to Elijah Moore. And I just know like they had the connection there. But if teams start like clouding and doubling Amari Cooper, there doesn't seem to be any other a- answers on the offense because without Chubb, the backs haven't been. I mean, none of them are averaging four yards per carry. So you who've been there covering the team, what do you feel about this game in the offense? It was definitely the best he's looked. I mean, he almost looked like a quarterback in terms of throwing the ball on time. There were a couple of patterns where it was just kind of let it go down the sidelines, um, which I thought was really good. He did get like a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones a little bit more involved. He got David Njoku a little bit more involved. And yes, they are trying desperately to get the ball to Elijah Moore, whom they seem as much more than a slot receiver. I think time will tell. They play him all over the place. They play him outside. They motion him. They line him they up in move the backfield. There, he's constantly. I mean, they yeah. again. They use him. All, I've. I didn't expect that from a lot. Like again, they're treating him like he's Percy Harvin. Well, but if you think about it, though, where are their explosive players right now without Nick Chubb? That's where it has to go. And and I don't pay attention to what the running game did because the Titans over the last seventeen games have done something historic. They have allowed the fewest yards rushing for any team over any 17-game stretch. And so I'm going to wait to judge the running game um, after I see a few more things. But as far as Watson goes, he needed that one because it could have turned quickly. There was a play where he got banged up in the second quarter, and it looked like he had to head out of the game. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the fifth-round pick, the rookie out of UCLA, who was very good in the preseason, came onto the field, and the place erupted. Erupted. Now, it ended up where Watson didn't have to sit out a single play, but I thought that was kind of telling. Watson then proceeded to have his best half pretty much as a Brown, certainly in front of the home fans. So I don't think he's all the way there yet. I need to see more personally, but I thought it was a huge step for him, probably mentally as much as physically. 
Yeah, I mean the Cooper connection was there. There was that that one ball on the sideline where it was just a beautiful throw and yeah. catch that they had, and obviously the touchdown too, where Cooper uh, broke open. Um, you also had the touchdown that Jerome Ford on a nice little sluggo out there on the on the back. Uh, but I think the real story is that defense is. I mean, this is if they can yeah. keep up this pace, which is hard to do. It's like a historic deep. I mean, they've given up eighteen points. They're three and zero. If if the Steelers just have if they only give up one offensive touchdown, if Deshaun Watson just gives away one touchdown, they're three and zero. Even if you add those two touchdowns in the scoring, they're giving up ten point seven points per game, which is first in the NFL. They're first in passing defense, first in rushing defense. I mean, you have Miles Garrett who's looking as good as ever. Uh, the run defense. I mean, you have fast linebackers, right? You don't have JOK yep. and, and Anthony Walker, so they're not the best linebackers in the world, but they're fast. And playing behind this defensive line of, you know, Shelby Harris is also an underrated addition they had. I mean, I saw a stat. They they are giving up negative 36 yards on the season before contact on runs. Like, the league average is, is 94. Like, they are just smothering teams up front. And then Jim Schwartz kind of has the coverages just throwing enough at, at quarterbacks to where they don't really – they can't process exactly what they're seeing quickly. And then with that pass rush, it's just deadly. Like, they – they're probably not not product. I think they're the best defense in football right now. Even better than the, obviously the Cowboys had a, a rough game. I think with Trevon Diggs out, they're definitely better than the Cowboys. And then like maybe the 49ers are there, but the Browns, what they can do up front is just just lethal. Yeah, Jim Schwartz has come in and totally changed how they play physically and emotionally. Well, last year they were thing. one of the worst run defense. Oh, last year they were horrible. so soft up front. Like horrible. so soft up front. And they Again, they added Dalvin. They added Shelby Harris. Maurice Hurst has been playing all right. Like they went and actually added, like saw a weakness and addressed it, and it looks miles better. Um. So one more stat with the defense per True Media, the Browns have allowed either zero or negative yards on more than fifty-three percent of their defensive snaps this season. That's insane. More than half of their snaps, teams aren't even getting back to the line of scrimmage. Basically, that's. That's pretty unreal. And so it's to circle it back to the Watson discussion. They traded for him and they paid him $230 million guaranteed to win games. And now with the way they built that defense, he just has to be good enough and not make the fuck ups that he made in Pittsburgh. And that's yeah. what it's come down. It's it's incredible. Like that's the way that this roster has now been constructed. And he almost did it again, you know, yeah, with that did. ball oh, that they threw backwards. Disastrous. And they ended up scoring on that drive because of a couple of penalties. You know, so that could have been a that could have been like a 14 point swing right there. And and all of a sudden the game's a little different. Uh in that division, you have three two and one teams. Uh none of them look spectacular. I guess the Ravens probably look the best on offense. Yes. I think the Steelers, I don't view I I know the Steelers are two and one, and I know they beat the Browns, but I just don't view them as a threat right now. They don't look uh great. Uh are the Browns the favorite, or is it still the Ravens? I don't know. The Chubb injury is that he gets so much hidden yardage, so much hidden yardage, right? A guy that'll get you one and a half yards on a carry, Chubb will get you four. Yeah, He's, he's so darn strong, and that stuff, that's the stuff that adds up. And they didn't miss it yesterday because Tennessee is just dreadful. Yeah. But The thing is, is I, I could see them playing the Ravens and holding them to 10 points. Well, we'll having have plenty two, of three time. turnovers too, you we'll, know. We'll see. We'll be. I imagine we'll be talking about that game come Friday. 
All right, let's move on. Better win, Arizona getting its first when they took it to Dallas out in the desert, or the Colts with a road overtime win over previously unbeaten Baltimore? Well, it is kind of funny that the Cardinals are a couple fourth-quarter comebacks away from being 3-0. and <laughs> uh, But the Colts are in first place, right? And I think Shane Steichen is a pretty brilliant offensive play caller, and I think they're going to put Anthony Richardson in like the best positions as the games go forward. Obviously, Richardson was out. And they're not totally devoid of talent, right? Like the this Colts roster, it's not great talented, but they're not they're not a team that you look at and they're just totally devoid of talent. They almost beat the Jags. I think it's got to be the Colts in a weak division where, again, three weeks in, they're in first place. I think still think you, as much as the Jags are struggling, they're still the favorite in that. But again, right now the Colts are in first place. Well, hold on. Where do you see the talent? Because Zach Moss, I know Zach Moss is finally kind of showing us what we thought he was going to be when he was the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year out of Utah, right? He, he got lost in Buffalo. Then they traded him last year for Naheem Hines. You know, he was sitting behind Jonathan Taylor, and now he's, his play has probably forced Taylor to have his last snaps as a Colt. Um, he's not what I would call an explosive player. Michael Pittman Jr. is a very solid NFL receiver. Once again, I don't think he's going to scare anybody. Um, no, it's Pierce. it's a middling wide receiver trio with him, uh, yeah. Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. But I think defensively on that front, they get they've got you know they've 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 got some talent over there. Mm -hmm. um, and then with like Shaq Barrett, and I just think I think they're going to even without uh, Jonathan Taylor until he comes back, like they're going to work that run game pretty well and keep control of games with Anthony Richardson. And then once Taylor comes back, I mean, it could be a really, a really good run, uh, run offense. And then Quiddy pay is kind of starting to play up to his draft profile. Bit. DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart's a solid player. And then you got the two linebackers, Leonard and Zaire. Um, I, I, I again, I, I'm, I don't think they're the favorite, but Hey, they, they're two and one and they might play an offensive style that allows them to win, uh, win more than a handful of games. Yeah, I, I mean, I also wouldn't be shocked if they finished 6-11 and 11 or something. But it, listen, that was a great win for them. A great, great win because you saw the Ravens take the ball the opening drive and march 80 yards or 85 yards or whatever it was and put seven on the board on a rainy day and with a backup quarterback, although that Gardner Minshew is certainly competent. You're like, God, that just, just it, it could be like 35-10 to 10 and I'll see you. Um, but no, it went the other way and there were some questionable coaching decisions uh, certainly made in late in the game in the fourth quarter and overtime by both sides, but good for the Colts, man. And by the way, the reason I think we're not mentioning Arizona here, one, Dallas always has one of these a year, at least one of these where they just look like they haven't played football. I do think their red zone offensive issues, that is a legitimate problem, but the Cardinals have won seven of the last eight meetings here. It doesn't matter whether the Cardinals are really good or they suck. They're gonna beat the beat the Cowboys. I can't explain it. It's just one of those things you accept. Yeah, I, again, I, I great game versus the Cardinals, and I the Cowboys' offense isn't so much. I, I really worry about them without Trevor. We talked about it on Friday. I think Trevon yeah. Dix is way more important than people give him credit for because there was the whole like, oh, he gives up the most yards in the NFL joke a couple of years ago. Like they had Duran. I think it's Duran Blance's name in the corner. They were yeah. Hollywood Brown was working him in that game, and I really and. Stephon Gilmore going from cornerback two to cornerback one. It, it downgrades both cornerback positions 
And I think that is, again, I, I really think people haven't talked about how big of a loss that is for them. And just, it's just the style they play where they cause havoc. They go after the ball. You can't do that with Deron Bland starting a corner compared to Trevon Diggs. Yeah. And wait until they play teams with really, really good quarterbacks and a really good receiving core, right? They still have the chargers to play. They still have Philly twice to play. They still have Seattle on their schedule. They still have San Francisco. So, they're going to face it defensively. I mean, they were off to this amazing start, right? They came into uh, Sunday's game giving up 10 total points all year or whatever it was. Hey, listen, let's slow our roll a little bit on, you know, the doomsday defense returning because now that is a major, major injury. Well, when was the last time a, a cornerback was traded midseason, like a big-name cornerback? might have been Stefan. Wasn't Stefan Gilmore traded midseason? I think it might Wait, have been was, him. Was Jalen Ramsey traded midseason? He no, he was the offseason. He was the offseason? Well, maybe to the Rams. I think That's to the Rams saying. it might have been. To the Rams. I thought you were talking yeah, about I, to the Dolphins. Uh, no. Yeah, I think I, that was midseason. Yeah. I think something like that could happen. Like, if you start looking at teams that are just going to go head right down the shitter, if there's a competent starting NFL cornerback, that's something that the Cowboys might have to look into. Yeah, that was midseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they they – Speaking of which, the Dolphins don't even have Jalen Ramsey yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, the Cardinals, I thought it was good for them, but they still, like, people are like, oh, they're not tanking. It's like, the talent, they are devoid of, like, when I talk about the Colts not being devoid of talent, the Cardinals are. They just have no talent on that roster, and it's a good, they're playing well, and they're playing up to their, they're, they're playing up to their competition, but at the end of the day, like, they have Hollywood Brown, and it's like, that's, that's a nice piece because Zier White has been playing pretty good, and that's mm -hmm. kind of it. All right, uh, let's move to the action on Monday night. Second straight week, we have doubleheader action. By the way, um, I was at the Browns game last week, so I didn't get to sit through the through it as a television viewer. How was it watching two Monday night games? Was it weird? Well, basically, I just stopped watching the Panthers-Saints game. <laughs> I was like, I, I was just like, I, like this cool first hour, and then I'm then I'm watching Steelers Browns. Like, I don't have really that much interest in Got Panthers it. Saints. That's, so that's I, I hate I hate that. If they want to put one at four o'clock, cool. But the whole doubleheader at the same time, no, that's what Monday Night Football is supposed to be. I like, know you are put, you know, force your eyes open, watch these two teams play. Yeah, it's just really weird. But that's what we're facing tonight. We've got the early game, Tampa. Uh, what is the bigger story that you're keeping your eye on, actually, in these two games? Tampa trying to move to 3-0 and with a win over Philly, or the Bengals possibly falling to 0-3 if they slip up against the Rams? If Tampa were to beat the Eagles, it would be huge. I still don't I don't see it happening. It's the Bengals. Like, I think the Bengals are going to lose tonight and go to 0-3. You do? Yeah, I think the Rams are a lot better. Like, Stafford's playing. Like he's he's back to the same level he was. Like some of the, even they lost the 49ers, some of the throws he was making were just unconscious. Uh I, I think the Bengals are gonna fall to 0 and 3, and then there's they're gonna be two games back of every team in that division. Um, you know, Burrow is like even a still it's still while well, at the time of recording this a question mark if he plays, I think he plays. Uh, but I think the Bengals are falling to 0 and 3. Even if he's out there taking snaps? I think so. What really? Man, okay. Now I know that the Rams, obviously, they got off to a great start. They had a seven. They won by seventeen up in Seattle, and in the first half at home against San Francisco, who, in our opinion, 
is the best team in the NFL. They were right with them step for step. So they hung in there and then kind of San Francisco took it to them in the second half. Um, I don't know. Puka Nakua setting all these rookie receiving records through two weeks has been unbelievable. He's a bit banged up here. This is, this is almost, it feels like it's a do or die game for the Bengals, man. It, whether Burrow's out there or not. I, again, I, I think it is, right? And I think that's why this is this is not a must win. But again, they they really need to win this game. And the Rams are like, look, they look good, right? And you have Aaron Donald who, again, Joe Burrow has not looked the same with that injury. He's, mm-hmm. you know, trying to move his move around in the pocket. And it hasn't been the same. And teams are able to play those receivers well. And when you're facing Aaron Donald, like, I don't know. I just think they're just going to end up ending drives, right? Where the Bengals can look solid, but they're just going to, the Rams are going to get sacks and end drives. um, And the Bengals won't be able to come back from that. All right, real quickly, I do want to throw some flowers in the direction of Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you know the last time they started 3 0? Was it the Super Bowl year? The first Super Bowl? No. It's a couple years after that. Ooh. Who was that quarterback? It was 2005. And I looked it up last night on the flight home. And now I'm so tired. I is that Chris Sims? It no, it was not. We're going to have to look it up. Look it up. 2005 Buccaneers. Well, I'm, you know, but for the Buccaneers, this would be huge, not only because you're trying to do this against the defending NFC champs, but also we have talked a lot about the NFC South. And we don't know exactly whose division it is. I know that you love the Falcons, although they kind of laid an egg up in Detroit yesterday. The Saints' defense is really good, but now we don't know how long their car's going to be out. And we don't even have to really talk about Carolina, although they look significantly better with Andy Dalton at the helm than they do with the number one overall pick. You know, I just want to see what Baker can do. The one thing that really troubles a lot of quarterbacks out there, but Baker in particular, it looks like he turns into a different quarterback, is when there is pressure in his face and no team gets it better and delivers it better than the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be the calling card. He hasn't turned it over yet in two wins for Baker, but you could see this being like a one-fumble, two-pick performance, and then it's going right down the drain. Yeah, and they've played two bad defenses in the Vikings and the Bears very very bad when the bears right. are like hey we can't get any pass rush and we won't blitz to help it um i think they have the lowest sack and blitz rate in the nfl right now um yeah so i think i mean i think the eagles are going to handle the bucks and it's not a shot of the buck i mean the the eagles are top two talented team in the in the conference by the way chris sims did start that year but the season started with brian greasy that's who it was brian greasy Dolphins, Dolphins, great. Brian Greasy, and then Chris Sims took over, and that was the year. That was the year they lost to the. That was the Washington's last playoff win last year, right? Right. Um, Sean Taylor, remember Sean Taylor spit in. Uh, was it Michael Pittman's eye in that playoff game? Sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah, Brian Greasy, uh, who has a link to not only Tampa but Denver and Miami, and he started a lot of games for Miami. He did. He started a lot, and he also. Um, Missed some games because he fell down the stairs and hurt his ankle or something. You all can read about that somewhere else. Um, before we get out of here, Chiefs took it to the Bears. I The Bears are such a mess. We spent a lot of time on them last week. There's no reason to do that. Chiefs offense kicked it into high gear. Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown in front of his new friend. 
Hey, Tay Tay. What's up, girl? Okay. Do you, uh, how much interest do you have in their budding romance? So I hate to be this guy, but none. None? Like, I, I, I just don't, I, like, I'm not, I just, here's the only, like, the takeaway I have is, man, the Kelseys are trying to set themselves up pro after football to be big clout chasers, right? Like, yep. I think they, they, the whole Jason Kelsey story about like he proposed, I forget, forget what it was, but like his proposal to his wife was like in the driveway on his way to, like, I don't believe that one. I think that, that there's no way that's a true story. Um, and it's like I, the only reason you date Taylor Swift is for a clout, right? Well, I don't know if it's the only reason, but okay. Um, to me, the Jarrett Payton, the son of the late great. Walter Payton, who still does a lot of stuff with the Bears, was kind of in the bowels of Arrowhead Stadium and got the video of the two of them walking out. And, you know, sometimes when you see a couple together, they're holding hands and stuff. I don't know if you saw the video. It was an awkward, like, let's make sure we're not holding hands, but let's look really happy. And Kelsey kind of gave him the stink eye look and his awesome outfit and his cheesy mustache and the whole bit. So it's just it feels like she could be writing a song about him in about two and a half years. Which is why I think it's just for clout. Um, like I'm what I, I hate to be the, I, I like I'm much more interested in like the Bears collapse. Like they were like, okay, Justin Fields. He had <laughs> he had the average depth of target was like 18 yards per throw, like through like the three quarters. He's trying to run more, and it's like, nope, this is why. And that's why it's like I didn't buy the whole world the coaching. Like, no, the coaching has asked you to run basic stuff and you can't do it. You're not capable of doing it. So now they're like, okay, go deep or run. And guess what? That also is not working. He had eight 20 plus yard throws, which is a, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're thinking, okay, they're attacked. They completed one of them and it was like 22 yards. Um, He looked horrible. That bear. I mean, I think the bears are on the way to firing guys in season. Well, of course their defensive coordinator. Last yeah, week. that's true. But <laughs> I, 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 questionable circumstances at best so yeah. um can i just finish i know you don't have much interest in the taylor swift stuff and i understand it but i just want to leave the show with this point today that you've got travis kelsey dating taylor swift and you've got rich paul who is lebron's guy dating adele those are two dudes from my hometown of cleveland ohio who are basically ruling the music industry I just want to say it. When I got home late last night, actually in the wee hours of the morning, I discussed that point with my lovely bride of 26 years, Michelle Rose, and I turned to her and I said, you see how lucky you are? She was like, yeah, Cleveland. They just produce these solid men left and right. Cleveland. So I didn't, I didn't even know Rich Paul was dating Adele. Well, um, Bobby, for goodness sakes, we got to get you out one. Hey, football today, football every day is the way I live. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's do this again on Friday. This is the fastest 30 minutes in any sort of medium ever created. We just go, 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 go. And these Monday shows are just bang, bang, bang. I love it. I love it. We're having fun. Uh, we're back at it again on Friday to uh, talk about what transpired on Thursday night and set the weekend schedule straight for week four. So shout out to producer Mikey. Great job as always. Continue to digest all of the Talking Giants content with Bobby Skinner and my guy Justin Pennick, who gets shout outs left and right, by the way. How about your big boy? 
What happened? He got a shout out. Oh, oh, sorry. The WFAN. Yeah. See, I got so aggravated because Tiki because Tiki follows us. Yeah. And he watches my film breakdowns, but he watches them on Instagram where it's not saying my name. And he's like, yeah, panic on the film breakdown. I was like, no, no, Tiki. No, no. Those are my film breakdowns, Tiki. So I got territorial with that, which was fine. Yeah. But just don't let that uh, drive a wedge between you and panic. Oh, no, we're 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 churning along. We're having fun. Good. Well, you guys continue to do great work. So for Bobby Skinner, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today. Hey, everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.